Welcome to the Crystal of Joy podcast. My name is Carl. With me is C-Note. How's it going, C-Note? Great, Carl. How are you? Doing awesome. Um, it's pouring over here, and it sounds like the weather is not super stellar or your neck of the woods either. No, no. A lot of wind, mixed rain. Uh, hopefully you guys can't hear that. Yeah, I mean, I guess we'll just have to have a podcast where all of a sudden, if you hear like a light rumbling, it's because uh, Mother Nature is beating at our doorstep. Yeah, it's funny because you live in the Washington area and Seattle's known for its rain. And I always call Ohio like the the baby Seattle because that's all it does is rain here, too. Yeah, I feel like um, a lot of people that come and transplant to Washington because we like we just get a ton of those. Well, maybe it's just my little small corner of the world because uh, we like hire a lot of kids straight out of college from different places all around the U.S., Um that uh, a lot of them come and they they hear about the rain and they're like, it doesn't actually rain in Seattle. It just kind of like drizzles a lot and it's gray a lot, which I totally agree with. But they're like, if you want to see like real rain, like they're talking about like uh, the one that surprised me the most was uh, people from New Mexico, because when it rains there, it like apparently like absolutely pours and then it just like all of a sudden stops. And they're like, that's what real rain is like. And I'm like, well doesn't sound like a super lot of fun so i'm glad i don't have that <laughs> now we uh are the doctors in ohio actually strongly recommend vitamin b shots because of the the weather being so poor and not getting much sunlight oh wow that's crazy There's a lot of cranky people here <laughs> um uh, yeah, so speaking of cranky people, um, I thought that we might get some cranky people. We just ended up facing, um, the, what was their name, the, like the Misfits. Um, and it was like a super fun war because we, we do the, the classic clan thing where we post good luck to the other clan in our description. And every once in a while, they message back and these guys were uh, were pretty friendly and they said, like, good luck to you too. Um and uh, we, we ended up eking out a win on this one because we honestly, it's been pretty uh, roller coastery in the clan with our win lose streak uh, lately. Um, but uh, I tried to go over there because one of the one of the most fun things that I um, did on the old podcast was when we faced another clan and we had them come on the podcast and talk about the matchup and talk about clash or whatever and i'm like this is like a perfect opportunity they were like receptive to our message and i thought they were a little salty because um i asked to go over there and my request sat for what do you think Sino, a good 45 minutes um before they let me in yep um Yeah. yeah 45 to an hour and I thought it was because they were mad at us. No, it's just because their clan was super inactive. <laughs> so, um, and then uh, what was it like the next day they joined our Discord? I'm like, hey, good war. Um, and honestly, all they wanted to do was copy my bases. So, um, what I did was I got in, said hello, posted a screenshot of that in Discord, of course. Um, filled all their war CCs because they've been just sitting there. Not war CCs, I'm sorry, just like their requests. So I gemmed all the requests and uh, said, like, hey, good war, yada, yada, yada. And then I was like, just cut to the chase. I'm like, do you guys want to come on the podcast? And then eventually they strolled into the Discord server. So who knows, you know, do you think that uh, they said they were receptive to it? So uh, so what do you think, you know, do you think we're going to get uh, one or two of them to come onto the podcast and talk about the war? Uh, I'm hoping so. Um, but like you said, if 
their clan is that inactive, we we may have to wait a couple days before somebody responds. The mm-hmm. the guy that came into our Discord didn't seem like he wanted to commit, but he said he put the word out. So mm-hmm. uh, it'd be awesome <clears throat> to hear their perspective on the war. And it was a close war, so it, it would be a lot of fun to get um, some of them on you know the podcast to talk about mm-hmm. it. Yeah, and it, it seems like it was funny too because they said uh, that uh, they're they said there are a bunch of old clashers and so they weren't necessarily like super inclined they hadn't really like heard that much about discord and whatnot and i was like well you know we're not we're not too i mean we definitely have some uh really youngins in our clan but uh we're the average age of our clan is not uh in our 20s i would bet i'm just guessing but no i probably bring that up too with my age so uh (gasps) <clears throat> but no, we have a good mix. There's mm-hmm. some, we have a few youngsters in the clan, and, uh, and but mostly some older uh, people, probably early to mid forties, thirties, um, old clashers because um, they know most of the attacks. But mm-hmm. I think we, I think they'd fit right in with us. They'd have a lot mm-hmm. to to bring to the table as far as um, you know the war discussion and and really what their clan is like. Yeah, and uh, it's fun because I posted. Um, the old clash rap video that uh my last uh like co-host made from like way back in the day in the discord the the youtube that i made of it um and uh it was funny because um uh, like not gonna lie when the old podcast kind of uh died i kind of nuked all the episodes except for three of them and i think the two at least one of them if not two of them, are the podcasts from a clan that we just randomly bumped into each other, like uh, two wars within a couple of months of each other. And uh, we had we had them on to talk about it, like uh, the podcast, the last podcast clan, we, we won the first time. And then on the rematch, we barely lost the second time. So it was like super duper fun. So um, I, I think I'm going to try to do more of that, like go over if they say something back and they're English speaking. Because uh, that would be like a ton of fun to have them on about, um, you know, talking about the war and just what, what it was like in their clan. Because, of course, what I did was go and read their uh, clan chat when I got in there, which uh, uh, definitely had a little bit of war talk, but uh, not quite like our clan was, you know. Yeah, you see that a lot these days when you look at um, clan descriptions, especially like adult-oriented clans. They, they tend to be like... We're family people. We have jobs. We like Clash, but don't expect a lot of, you know, conversation in the chat. So it's mm-hmm. kind of a precursor. But I, to your point, thought it was really neat that they paid attention to our clan description and mm-hmm. actually answered us back in their clan description. Because um, I honestly didn't notice until you said something. And I was like, that's really neat. That's cool. I, It's it's good to have that little friendly, com- you know, camaraderie slash war type thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, and, uh, I think that, uh, the, one of the problems too, is that we're going to have to remember how the war went, which we'll have to take some notes. So if they come on, we'll remember exactly how it went, you know? Yeah. Cause, <laughs> cause if they don't respond soon and come on, we won't have the details to be able to go back on. Yeah. All I remember is I had a good war so I can uh, hold my head up high this go around rather than my typical fail bus, you know? I um I did okay. <laughs> so um not enough to like throw my uh my attacks out there but um I I was in it with the rest of them. 
Awesome. So, uh, uh, one thing, speaking of wars, uh, one thing that just happened was they did like the world's, uh, warm up like finals and, uh, not, I mean, all the videos are like super long, uh, you know, and it was like live and they just put the recordings on the YouTube, but, uh, just kind of like two main takeaways for me. One was, um, alternate attacks one. There's a lot of people that thought they were slipping. Guess what? They're still really fucking good. Um, and I know that it's probably a little bit biased just because of how much media there is for Queen Walkers these days. But like, honest to God, I know this is what I picked last worlds. I picked ATN over Queen Walkers. Well, I can't see those two not being in the final again. And I am going to, I think I'm going to flip and go Queen Walker. So I'm already calling worlds, uh, Queen Walkers over ATN attacks and my dark horse is space station. And I think it's because like, I don't know. And I know that um, I don't follow all the pro teams that closely, but I feel like Space Station actually treats their team kind of as like a real esports team. So um, they're definitely willing to spend money and go out and get the hype. You know, I mean, obviously they pull the big names in the offseason, but uh, that's my dark horse. But uh, the other one was the, the commentators. They had Itsu and Judo, which, I mean... You talk about street cred, that's that's Itsu to a T. So what what did you think of, uh, I know you said you didn't get uh, to watch a ton, but like, what did you, to me, the biggest thing was how they're going to do the commentators. Like, all the teams obviously are good, but uh, how they're doing the commentators and kind of, to me, kind of that new, having Itsu basically be the staple, um, to me, just meant that they're taken a lot more serious rather than all the, the Mimi commentators that they had before. What did you think of um, Itsu kind of leading the charge on that one? Yeah, I think it brings brings a lot of um, notoriety, you know, to the world's having him commentate. And um, to your point, I remember we were talking on a podcast previously uh, when Worlds came around and I picked Queen Walkers then. And I'm I'm going to stick with Queen Walkers this time around, too. Yeah, I just feel like every war that I watch now, that if they, like, their hit rate is just insane. And the the half of the time when they don't hit is because they're so far ahead, I swear to God, they're just doing meme attacks. Like, they're just doing something wild and crazy, and half the time those work. So it's like, it's almost like they need to turn up the, like, uh, difficulty on them, because they just, like, have it completely figured out right now. Yeah, they they seem to have their stuff together. Uh, a lot of good competitors on that team, and really, uh, like you said, it, in the worlds, it's it's pretty much anybody's game. But uh, they always seem to like find a way to win, and you know, find a way to be at the top. Yeah. So I mean, uh, I think it was really cool that they had all that got that stuff streaming, and people want to catch the replay. Um, it's nice, especially that they can kind of like skip ahead and cherry pick because the streams were so long. So um, that was kind of neat. Go check that out if that's something that you're interested in. Um, And uh, so speaking of Itsu, he put out his tier list for attack strats, and I wanted to go through those. And uh, at the end of it, you're not going to believe this C-note, at the end of it, I want to make an argument for why spam attacks are honestly the best strategy right now. And it's funny because you get a lot of flack for for doing spam attacks, and I don't know if it's sour grapes, but uh, I know when I came in back in black and first met you, 
you were kind of anti-spamming and uh, and the attack I had coming in there was a spam attack, so I was <laughs> afraid to use it. <laughs> mm. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, I still, like, I mean, everything has a little bit of spam. Like, homies, when you deploy everything, is, you know, very spammy and that kind of thing like that. Um, the queen charge part is not... Um, some of the other deployments not, but, uh, obviously just dumping all your hogs and miners is spammy, but, uh, um, like there, there is a little bit more strat, like doing a few spam just to see there is a little bit more strategy to it, especially base identification. So at the end of it, I'll make, we can do this, uh, I'll make the point for spam and then you can make the counterpoints against spam and, uh, we can go from there and may- maybe we can, maybe we can flip the script and, uh, you know, say spamming is okay, which is super funny because spoiler alert, um, there's a C2J um, uh, postcard in development that's uh, that's that has an anti-spam slogan on it. So, <laughs> uh, well, I, and I mean, you mentioned homies, which it it is. I guess I see your point there. Are, is some spam to it, but there's a lot of strategy to it. Take it from somebody that is trying to get it down now and you know hence our our wager and it there's a lot of strategy to it and it's a difficult attack yeah so the the first thing that i noticed on itsu's tier list is uh that he has cbas and god tier which i didn't even realize this whole god tier nonsense like to me it was always uh dcbas and then that's just where it stopped. S was like the top tier, but he uh, he added a god tier, but then didn't put any in the seer tier. So it's like you could have just made, you know, got rid of the god tier and just made it S the top one like normal people. But uh, I mean, I guess he chose to, I mean, it's his list, so whatever. But uh, <laughs> um, so we'll, we'll go through each tier. Um, I want to make a couple of points. Um, kind of what i was thinking and then i'll I'll let you tack on um any counterpoints or any anything that you wanted to add on to it so uh so for the b the b tier which is probably um to me was uh had a lot of like it had a mix of old stuff and new stuff it kind of had like a huge variety so the b tier he had e-drags um you know old standby People, I mean, people still do it all the time. Like, we face it in war all the time, and it still can triple. Like, don't get me wrong. When E-Drags come out there, there is a greater than 0% chance that that's going to triple. Um, and then they did the Golem Super Wiz Quake Log Launcher, which is pretty new. And at the heart of it is the eight quakes in the Log Launcher, which basically means the base has no walls. Um, that's kind of a new strat, and I think that you're very good at that, that style um, of attack. And then... Um, like old school Yeti Smash, and uh, the big difference these days because when Yeti Smash came out, um, it was like pretty strong, and then they had the whole spring trap thing, and then spring trap placement. So he put uh, he put Yeti Smash on the on the the B list, which I think Yeti Smash is still strong. Yetis are still great, um, but obviously the um, Pekka's not being launched by spring traps is the big difference these days. And then he put. Uh, Queen Charge Hogs and Queen Charge Miners, um, which was interesting to me that uh, he still put those both on there because they are very base defendant and very rare. Um, so my, my takeaway from the, the B tier um, 
was that there's that um, there's still some very good attacks in there. They definitely can triple. Um, and the kind of the new hotness is that eight quake log launcher um, kind of spam attack that obviously is like very good um, because it just kind of makes not only does it make it so there's no walls at all but everything is just has no hit points because of those eight quakes and those log launchers just damaging everything what what takeaways did you have from the b tier yeah i the b tier i'm not familiar with a lot of them um i'm like i said and i've, I've always maintained that uh i'm kind of a one-trick pony but um in in viewing some of these attacks on the list it was uh it, it kind of sparks me to want to try other things um I, e-drags uh, you're right are, are kind of universal a lot of people use them for farming and then just kind of get good with them um the homies attack the the uh drag bat <clears throat> excuse me is uh kind of the standard these days I, I see a lot of people in our clan using very mm-hmm. similar attacks um and the uh the lalo or the sweet lalo um, is something that you're kind of dabbling with now and trying to perfect. And I know that I have no business doing that attack. So, uh, so the next is a tier, which, uh, you kind of mentioned drag bat. So we had drag bat, zap drag, uh, super giant, Witch, which I showed you kind of a video C note. It's kind of the new hotness, which actually that one clan that almost perf- perfected us. Um, they actually use that quite a bit. And then, uh, uh, Queen Charge um, Lalo, which the, my big, big takeaway on that was drags are still great, um, and we actually have the the drag bat god in our clan, Nob, who just continues to wreck and just break, di- break down bases with it, but uh, the big difference was just the risk of the Queen Charge uh, Lalo, because um, when your queen gets roasted, which, you know, these days with Superman CCs and like delayed damage um, from scatter shots and warden towers and stuff like that, like your queen can get roasted through the ability. Um, and then after that, there's nothing for the healers to switch over to. Whereas in uh, Queen Charge Homies, uh, you have the pack of hogs and miners that the healers can switch over and get like a lot of healing. So, um, that that was the big takeaway for the queen charge, but uh, basically for the A tier was drags are still good. Yeah, yeah, the, it kind of brought drags back because I know I haven't used them much since Town Hall eight slash nine, and they kind of fell through the void for a while, <clears throat> and now they're they're back and they're they're deadly. And uh, I also tried that attack that you had posted in Discord, the super giant attack. Mm-hmm. And I actually did pretty well with it. Um, but it wasn't really a fair assessment because I kind of went against a baby base. Um, and yeah. I three-starred it. And then I tried it again on a max base. And I believe I got 80% two stars. So a um, little room for improvement. But I, I do like, you're right, that's my attack style. And uh, I picked that up right away. Uh, S tier is where he really starts to get, you know, these kind of top notch attacks, but the difficulty kind of goes up on, on a few of them. So I think that at the, I think what we all covered before, I think is probably pretty easy. The concept is very easy to get. And now with the S tier, there's a couple attacks that, uh, just the, the diff, the, the ceiling is very high, but the floor is also very low. So we have, 
Super Witches, which I'm totally like, other than the fact that it takes up one of your spots and so it's hard to have them while farming, I was totally wrong on Super Witches. Like, they are good. And I now see that uh, they're not even close. They're way better than Yetis are, and Yetis aren't even close to them. Um, so I'm wrong on that one. Uh, Pekka Smash, which we kind of talked about, um, just kind of with not being, not hitting the spring traps. And I think that uh, obviously Super Wiz are helping that out a lot. And I think that, uh, and I think that Super Wiz are actually making E-Drags a lot worse just based on base design. Uh, homies, which you talked a little bit about. And then some super hard ones. So like the Skelly Donut Lalo, um, which is just... I don't know. It's just crazy. Like, some of these are just too hard. Uh, Lightning Lalo, Blizzard Lalo. I think Blizzard Lalo is probably the easiest um, to get. But uh, uh, to me, taking for weight from this tier, Super Witches, Pekka Smash, pretty easy in concept. Um, and it's nice to have uh, Super Wiz because a lot of people ask for those um, in donations. And then Homies has been around forever, and they're still one of the best attack strats um, to do. So what... Do you have any takeaways from this S tier and what kind of kind of what's your thoughts of, uh, you know, to me, I think that people would use Super Witches a lot more if they um, if it didn't take up a slot that they needed because, you know, you need Supermins for War CC. People like to get donations of Super Wiz and Sneaky Gobs and just just a lot of um, opportunity cost in the Super Witches, you know. Yeah, and they, you're right. They are really good. It's a shame they're so costly in you know what it takes to make them and, and how many slots they take up. Um, because I, I would use them more, and and even have splashed a couple in to my current attack and and have had success to the point where the super witch and the big skelly she creates are there at the end of my attack. So. Uh, they're very durable. Um, I, I I enjoy using them, but you're right. Like we have such a demand in our clan for other super troops that I kind of forget that they're there, and I never have them, you know, trained in my um, in my. I can't even think of the word of um, <laughs> in the dark uh, super barracks, so mm -hmm. to speak. I never yeah. have them. They're never considered because of the demand of, like you said, Super Wiz. And if there's anything I'm trying out, um, which in this case is homies, I have to go with the Super Skellies. So um, there's two slots filled right there. Yeah, the the Super Wall Breakers, I, I, like, I honestly feel weird if I don't have them. Like, I always, <laughs> even if I don't, like, let's say that I uh, they expire and... Uh, you know, it's been a while since, like, I knew to do an attack. Like, I'll still get them anyways because it's just, like, this OCD in me, like, not having super wall breakers, you know. So they're a permanent fixture in your yes. barracks. <laughs> Almost on both accounts, too. Like, now that dip is getting big enough where uh, that account can start doing some damage, like, both of them always have super wall breakers. It's just, I don't know. It's a phobia of mine not to have super wall breakers. I, mine have been a consistent Super Wiz and Super Minions, um, mainly for the donations in our chat and then the donations in um, the War CCs. Mm -hmm. um, and then we'll get to the God tier, which 
I guess not to my surprise, but to my surprise, Inferno drags. Like, I still remember when we thought this was a meme troop. Now it's, like, literally the best strategy in the game. And it's, like, I think it's harder than people make it out to be. It's super spam, but it's literally an E-drag, like, 10 loons and, like, what, 13 or 14 Infernos, and you just... Dump an E-Drag on a side, your hero, your king and queen on the other side, spam everything to the core, sprinkle in skelly spells to distract scatters and heroes and whatever else, and then just a back-end champ somewhere, wherever it kind of looks good. But it's, it's, I think it's pretty universally considered probably overall the best strategy in the game right now. I don't really think I'm going out on a limb talking about it, but uh, nobody in our clan, like I've tried it a few times, but nobody in our clan really is kind of taken to it like as a as a staple which i think we should try but uh um and then sui lalo which i think is one of the harder ones uh harder strategies into the game um to do but uh uh it's just kind of interesting where in the top tier he had basically what i would consider the spammiest option of all of all the attacks and like how you do it is exactly the same every time early tome um, it's basically just textbook. Like you could almost like pre-program your attacks every time, as well as one of the hardest with uh, Sui Lalo. So what what did you think? What do you think of this god tier, especially uh, Inferno Drags being the best strat in the game, at least in my opinion and Itsu's opinion? I, I you know I, I'm kind of talking out of context because I I don't I'm not familiar with that attack at all. Uh, the, the Sui Lalo I am, and, and I know that's kind of something you're concentrating on, so I've kind of been mm-hmm. keeping a, an eye out for what you're doing, um, mainly because of her bet. But, um, yeah, I, I the god tier kind of scares the crap out of me, to be honest with you. I don't think I could hold a candle in any either attack. Yeah, the... Inferno drag, it's like it's almost exactly the same every time. Like there's almost no variation to it. It's uh the funnel is an E drag on one side, your king and queen on the other. Uh sometimes you do like a super wall breaker just to kind of help the heroes pathing on one side, but more or less you just have a funnel on both sides. Um a lot of times it's just a blimp for the town hall, and then you just spam in all the loons and skellies in the middle. Um you uh, like within the first 10 seconds of the attack, you use the Warden Tome um, to help get through those first initial eagle shots and first damage that your main force, your Inferno Drags and stuff like that gets. And then right when your squad starts getting into range of like scatter shots or the Queen or whatever, you have like seven Skelly spells and you just start sprinkling them in. So that way the Skelly spells take the damage, vice your, you know, your Inferno Drags and your Loons that are um, they're looking for like uh, balloons, like red and black balloons. And then um, kind of towards the end of the attack, middle to the end of the attack, you find a spot to tuck your champ in to grab a couple of defenses or, you know, take a little bit of damage as well. Try to knock something down. Like literally the the playbook for this is there's almost no variation to it. It's just really, really, really good. Have How often if at all have you tried this attack carl i probably have done it probably eight to ten times and i've tripled probably two or three like my my hit rate hasn't been good but um 
like the hit rate of the top clans has just been out of this world, especially since it's so easy. It's since it's like less planning, less effort. Um, uh, you see a lot of it at the start of the war. So that way some of the more complicated, like, uh, Lalo's and everything else can be planned out for the full hour when they're doing those hour wars. So you see it a lot of the times, um, in the first couple attacks of those one hour crow wars, um, just because it's, easy to come up with and it buys you more time for the harder attacks which which i think is an advantage as well you know right no i was just curious i know i seem to recall you talking about it previously and i i mm-hmm. believe you used it in a war actually once mm-hmm. maybe twice and and I, I didn't recall how you did yeah it was uh it was okay it definitely doesn't look like how the pros do it so i think it like my base identification and what side i'm sending them on is still not great but uh uh even the ones i didn't do well at are still high percentage two stars like it's it's also very very safe because of the the blimp um to get the town hall um so i think that's another thing that it has going for it as well okay yeah i'm I, is there a, a formal name for the attack so, like, <clears throat> excuse me, if if I looked it up on YouTube, what would I look just uh, Inferno Drag Skelly attack? Yeah, if you just do, like, Town Hall 13 Inferno Drag, you'll you'll see it. Okay. Yeah, yeah I'll have to check it out. Um, yeah, so, uh, so the argument that I want to make is that between, and I'll just go with the pure spammy stuff, like E-Drags, Inferno Drags, um... Like the super giant witch, the golem super way super whiz quick log launcher, those those type of spammy attacks. Um, the the argument that I want to make is, uh, and this is just purely for like the box score, right? Like results. I'm not talking like some people like I'm this way, knob is this way. Um, they want to play the game for the puzzle and do weird stuff and like see note you know this like. It almost feels like you never know what I'm going to do because I always come up with some stupid idea that only works like a third of the time. Uh, <laughs> like you, like the, this last war, I was like, oh, that town hall is, you know, on the outside, only behind one wall. And like, even if it wasn't necessarily the best idea, I'm like, I'm going to I'm going to sneaky gob this town hall just because it's out there. Like other than I mean, I think it was OK for the plan, but I wanted to do it just to see if I could sneaky gob the town hall before the uh before the the lalo started um but uh they so if we're talking about strictly results all these spammy spam attacks have such such low risk of not getting a high percentage two star conceptually they're very easy to do um and yes the ceiling might not be as high as if all of a sudden you're like the, the best queen charge law lower on the planet or the best whatever law lower on the planet. Yes, your ceiling won't be as high, like, but the, the risk incurred for us non-pro players is not worth that slightly lower ceiling, but that floor that's like 80% two-star with still a very high chance of, uh, you know, a very good chance of tripling. And, uh, you know, other than just like a couple of key concepts about where to do it, this like this eight quake golem super whiz is pretty much pretty easy to do. Um, 
the the uh, um, the giant, the super giant's witch attack is pretty easy to do, and we're seeing tons of single inferno towers out there. So all those bases um, are very good for it. So I'm saying that unless it's part like if you're just looking to be a clasher and you're not hardcore or like you don't want to have this like huge toolbox of strategies you just want like maybe five or six strategies that taking like three or four of these spammy attacks and using that as like your foundation i think is actually a fantastic idea and i think that they're still pretty fun and um you're never gonna like the worst feeling is when you um, are trying really hard and you end up getting a one star and you just like feel real down on yourself for letting the clan down that uh, you also avoid that. I mean, you're still going to get one stars with these spams, but you also kind of avoid those kind of letdowns for the clan that you feel, even if the clan isn't like hard on yourself, you always are hard on yourself anyways. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. I had that feeling about two hours ago when I did my war attack today and got a one star. <laughs> mm. And, and as a, your precursor, and I agree, you you are not afraid to take risks uh, in war, which is something that I admire in you. Um, but I have the benefit of seeing clan chat and the precursors you put in before you go in for your war attacks are usually, you know, this could be ugly or, oh, geez, here goes nothing. So um, <laughs> it, it, it always appears like it, it, it's that you don't have the confidence in it, but then you go ahead and three-star it anyway. So it makes you look almost like a genius because you just figured out, like you said, the puzzle. Mm-hmm. Well, um, <clears throat> if one of... So first of all, I've learned a lot of things from Star Trek in my life, and one of them is uh, kind of the concept that Scotty always did where he basically always downplayed everything, and then when it turns out, you look like a genius. And so that maybe that's a little part of my strategy is I... I say this is going to suck or be horrible, and then it turns out, if it, even if it turns out like, okay, it makes it look a lot better than, it, than it's supposed to be, you know? I, I've got, yeah, i got to take a piece of, uh, <laughs> of that and uh, steal, steal a page from your book uh, yeah. when I go into attack. Um, we got a couple of comments in chat saying that, uh, that people feel like I'm talking to them about talking about, like, spamming and one-starring and stuff like that. Um, I mean, I I feel like we're all there, honestly, right? Like, I feel like we uh, we all feel bad about the one stars and like not exactly like at this point, like I don't like I think spamming is totally fine as long as like I'll tell you one thing though if uh, that still gets me and I know that people do this and I actually okay I'll just say it that when someone does like. 20 or does like an insane amount of uh like witches without something to help like absorb some like uh like multi-damage splash damage from let's say that the base is like three multi-inferno towers and they go in with like a ton of witches and nothing to absorb all the beams i think that that's not exactly the best spam strategy like you kind of have to diversify a little bit so you kind of have like a spam for singles and a spam for multis but uh I, I think that spamming is totally fine, and I think it's I think it's good for the clan, honestly. Yeah, I mean you can't you can't kind of break tradition with attacks. You know, there's tanks for a reason. There's you know, damage troops for a reason. There's cleanup for a reason. And as long as you follow those gu- guidelines, uh, you know, whether it's a one star, one star, two star, or three mm-hmm. star, um, 
you should be fine. And and most of the time, if you you stay by those guidelines, you're, you're going to have some pretty good success. Yeah, I agree. And I will say, just as a closing note for me, that the regular witches, I still do not know what I'm doing with them. Like, I swear to you that I'll watch a video and be like, okay, here's Eric's video on Town Hall 11 witches. I got this. Like, easy peasy. I watch it. Oh, yeah. Similar base. Got the concept. I do it. And it's just... I don't know what it is, but like regular witches, they they confuse me. So, you know, I don't know how to use them super good. You know, and it's all it's it's kind of like seeing a Big Mac on television on a commercial where it always looks so good, and then you get one and it's kind of garbage. Because <laughs> um, I, I do the same thing. I watch YouTube. I watch the attacks. I'm like, oh, well, that's such an easy concept. I get on. I do it and fail. So, it's it's not easy to just watch and and grab the concept and go in and just do what they do because i mean this is what they do all the time and Mm -hmm. and we're filthy casuals as we always advertise Uh, absolutely and someone needs to explain this to me real quick who like when you have a sandwich so let's let's just presume that you're not a vegetarian for this this argument let's say that you have like i am not (laughs) okay good um (laughs) you have like a sandwich or a hamburger or something right like when is the last time or when has anyone ever said, you know what, this is so great. Let's just put some more bread in the middle of the sandwich. No, absolutely not. They want more meat or toppings or sauce. Like who who wants more bread in the middle of their sandwich? Explain this to me, how this recipe of the Big Mac came to be so popular. You know, and it's funny because there's actually a commercial out there now where there's like burger creators uh, in a little conference room and they're going over things. And the director or the CEO or whatever mm-hmm. is like, this is what we're going to do. We're going to put bread in the middle of everything. And then everybody starts <laughs> chanting bread. So <laughs> that goes to your point that, that it's hysterical. Yeah. Why would you put bread, you know, in, in between everything else? But like when you, when you talk about hamburgers and you're talking about for the history of the planet, like – the number one burger, even if you hate them, has to be the Big Mac. Like it's like the most well-known classic, probably most purchased burger of all time, wouldn't you say? Oh, without a doubt. Yeah, who doesn't know what a Big Mac is? Oh, exactly. And I love too that the Big Mac has the little, um, the little wrinkle on it for wherever you are in the world. Like if you go to, you know, the, you know, the, um, you know. Asian market, the Big Mac's a little bit different. Or if you go to like other parts of the world, like the Big Mac's a little bit different, which was like super fun because uh, I actually, you know, learned a lot of this the hard way when I was in Japan the last time. And I will tell you that uh, no matter where you are, the uh, the 5 a.m. McDonald's run is still probably the number one hangover remedy in the entire world, too. I cannot tell you how many times riding uh the train early in the morning i saw a pack of uh young american gentlemen with uh so much mcdonald's i don't even understand how they carried it out of the store (laughs) just chugging (laughs) it down on the uh on the train or the tram you know what i mean oh yeah yeah i mean that's uh, mcdonald's is like the go-to of you know because they're everywhere i mean they're literally everywhere and I know Burger King had a knockoff uh, for a while years ago called the Big King, which actually I thought was pretty good, but it didn't survive very long. Yeah, 
And uh, remind me this in After Dark. So, you know, we have to go over the top. I just came up with this to talk about the top three uh, hangover remedies. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll each do our top three list. And I, I have a feeling that they're probably going to overlap quite a bit. But we'll, that definitely is an After Dark thing. Okay. Um, okay, yeah, so th- that's the list. Um, so speaking of that, we have to kind of finalize our bet. And so this is my proposal to you, uh, C-Note, is uh, after we have four hours left in this war, that uh, after this war we just say it's like green light, like we just start it, and it's you have to um, – uh, you're doing homies, I'm doing Lalo. Um, you can do any variation of it, like – Queen Charge, Blizzard, whatever. Um, you have to get a triple and back-to-back wars. Um, and then the the uh, loser needs to make a small donation uh, to the charity of the, of, of the winner's choosing. What do you think of that? And feel free to change the bet or tweak it a little bit if you want. Uh, I, you read my mind. I actually want to change the bet. I want to make the stakes higher. Okay. Um, why don't we do... Since CWL is coming up, mm-hmm. and they have a method of tracking it without anybody even having to, to lift a pen, um, we agree that all seven attacks we're going to use. You know, you Lalo and me homies, okay. and then whoever has the end the most stars at the end of the CWLs wins the bet. Oh, okay, yeah, that'll be fun. Okay, awesome. Yeah, um, it'll make it more interesting. Yeah, and uh, I mean what. <laughs> What better way to get yelled at by the client is all my one-star lawlows and everyone's like, what the fuck are you doing? I'm like, I'm in a bet. Well, what better time? We're in Masters 2 now, so, you know, (laughs) what better time to just go all out? Oh, we're already getting called out for throwing our league. (laughs) Uh, Oh, shit. Hey, it's for the content. It's all for the content. It's it's for a good cause. We're going to give to a charity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. It, it could be our clan, you know, after the bumps and bruises we take, but that's okay. Agreed. Okay, so great. We got the uh, we got the bet settled. Um, uh, awesome. It should be a ton of fun. CWL. Um, all right. Let's do uh, let's do base account progress. Uh, do you want Do you want to go first? Do you want me to go first? Uh, I'll go first. It's pretty quick. Um, still working off my donation account and. Um, just recently finished his army camp so <clears throat> they're up to level or they're up to a town hall 10 level which is helping me with uh, an e-drag slash balloon attack um i just started e-drags to max so that's going to help out a lot i know this isn't really a war account but in clash after dark we've kind of he's always kind of a throw-in so i've found him in war more often than not lately and um, I have all five builders still going, kind of working on a few traps and um, basically just trying to get all the, the elixir um, buildings done. You know, my um, my barracks, my camps. And um, yeah, that's that's where I'm at right now. Awesome. So uh, for my main 13, the quest to max, except for walls, of course. But uh, I mean, I'm getting close to half max walls. Um but I have, uh, I'm almost done with all my um, my red balloons. What are those called again? Uh, air bombs. So I'm almost done with all my air bombs. So all Drake's uh, drag bats he's been doing against me should be a lot harder because all my uh, everything was super low level last time he hit me. 
Um, and then uh, I actually so after that, you did like a thing, you did a thing, <laughs> exactly. And for dip, and I know that I asked your opinion on this, you know, and several other people in the uh, in the clans advice on this, and um, kind of like one of two ways that I was going to go with dip was just enjoy Town Hall twelve and just keep grinding it out, or now that my queen is 65 and I have 50, still have a 50 king, but my queen is 65, is basically to rush the 13, get the Town Hall 13 troops, get a baby champ, take the queen to 75, and basically kind of just be like a, like a high offense punch, like kind of low defense, but still kind of, uh, you know, concentrate on the stuff that I'm like kind of really good at. So basically like if I can get a 75 queen, get uh, like the homie troops up to town hall 13 level that I can maybe start helping out punching like low level 13s. Um, so that's an idea I've been kicking around. And uh, what, what was your advice to me again? Uh, C note for that. I, I was the devil on your shoulder and, and told you to go ahead and do it. Um, <clears throat> and to our listeners, that's what I meant. A couple of minutes ago when I was interjecting to Carl, because usually he goes into Discord and says, I did a thing, and it usually means he's upgrading his town hall. So um and and in this case he did. And and I agree, like if you can get your troops upgraded to the ones that you use in war, then that should be an asset, especially in the le- the type of league we're in now in Masters. Uh we we really need all the firepower we can get. Yeah, so that I think that that's what I'm gonna do. I finally my my town hall just finished to the five star, and uh, so I feel like I just need to pick a good weekend for it to finish, and so that way when I have the little boost that it starts up starts out with when you get the the plus hero levels and the plus troop levels that I can like farm basically just take a weekend off and farm the hell out of the account just to to try to get it up like. Um, get a couple of books and whatnot and get the lab ready to go. So I, I think I'm going to give it a go and we'll, we'll see how, see how it is. Yeah. I, I think you should be fine. Um, I think you're, you're going to run against 13s that are going to three star you, but if you can keep up with them, then I, I think we'll be fine. All right. Um, let's do uh shout outs. What do you got for shout outs? You know, I'm going to shout out my man E4. Just got promoted to co-leader in our in our clan. Um, always very, very upbeat, especially when it comes to wars. Um, great sense of humor, and uh, he's, he's very uplifting. Always nice. Always in. Well, he always seems like he's in a good mood. I don't <laughs> talk to him 24 <laughs> seven, but um, definitely a, a great person to have in the clan, and, and we greatly appreciate you know uh, all mm-hmm. the things that you say and do. Oh, no, he's awesome. I agree with you. Um, All right. So uh, real quick, shout out to just like the Patreon has been unbelievable. I must say that it far exceeded my expectations. So um, you see note as well as a couple others upgraded to the top tier. So like the top tier is actually all sold out. Like I have all five of them sold. So I got a lot of war spotting to do. And somebody asked if they're transferable. And I guess I, I mean, the fine print says that they're, doesn't say that they're not so i guess so so if you want to transfer your uh patreon war spot i guess i will do that um but like 
I, I got a lot of war spotting to do because no one's asked for theirs yet. I, I wouldn't that be ironic if I asked for my war spot in the CWL, um, where you would have to spot me on homies, which essentially is going against yourself. Yeah, when that's like my my go to my go to move. That's the one that I know the best. So yeah, I'll right. Me. And 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 a shout out to you for uh, for giving me all those bases the other day to to practice homies yeah. on. I appreciated yeah. that. Uh, so because of all that stuff, I decided to do, I posted discord, like some giveaways. I said, if you get these goals, whatever. So because everyone's been so awesome doing the giveaways. So in discord, if you want to get on the, um, on the, on the list, it's basically like raffle format and, uh, all patrons get double the raffle entries. So I'm giving away the Dipsiety keychain. It's uh, blue leather. It says Dipsiety on one side. It says crystal join podcast on the other side. Um, it's actually pretty high quality, really nice. Um, so I'm giving that away and then I'm giving away. Um, it's like a hog, like a picture of like a hog rider and it says clash and chill. That's like the next postcard that we designed and made up. So, uh, Giving away five of those, um, nice. signed and whatnot. Um, nice. So that's awesome. Um, so you just basically just go add a reaction in the Discord to get onto the list, and uh, I'll give those away. Um, and uh, just, I, I'll shoot, I'll just tease it. So anyways, so your care package, C-Note, is I got the last part of it. There's not a ton of stuff into it, but... Uh, um, just like a couple of couple of things for you, um, as well as there's going to be um, several other cards that I'm going to have you sign and send back. Um, so they'll be double signed when they go out. So we'll have a at least a stack of cards that people can win um, in the future that will be signed by both of us, which I think will be super cool. Yeah, that would be cool. Uh, yeah, I'll keep my eye out for it. And uh, yeah, so so I got the final pieces of that. Um, and then shout out, there's a, a, the, the Clash Files family. We talked about this before. They got their podcasts out. They're doing two of them. So one of them has been out, and I don't think this is a secret or anything. I'll just say it. But the other one recorded um, very recently. So look forward to that, um, that other podcast, other Clash podcast coming out. So shout out to everyone uh, getting more content. Thanks for us to listen to on the drive to work, you know. Oh yeah, yeah. I'll have to check those out. I was—I've been waiting for them to come out. So that, yeah, that's going to be my Monday morning listening. And uh, yeah, what else? Um, I think that's it. So producers: Hero Killer, Green Arrow, Nobsy, Note E4, Hammer Kitten, and Wizard of Woo. Um, all right, uh, let's hit a little Clash After Dark. What do you say, C Note? Sounds good. Welcome back to Clash After Dark. Uh, I, just life has been crazy for everyone this year. C note, obviously. I mean, 2020 basically didn't end; it just continued into 2021. We're just a little bit more used to it. Um, but uh, un, I, unrelated to COVID, um, a friend had some mental health stuff going on, and uh, it's just like obviously been super affecting like i was friends with this person but not as close as some other ones so i just spent a lot of time just like trying to do the best i can because um 
like the family and stuff can't get close to see them in the treatment center just because of COVID and different rules and regulations. So that's been really tough. And actually, um, I sent a little care package of, uh, like, uh, pictures for them, um, of like animals and family and stuff like that. So I mailed that out, um, because they are allowed to receive mail and packages and stuff like that. Just can't see people, which is tough, obviously. Um, so that, that's just been like really weird part of the weekend. I also had like a birthday lunch this weekend. It's just, I don't know, just like a whole bunch of weird stuff. Um, so that was kind of my life situation as well as I'm trying to get a new keyboard and I want to get like a pretty nice one. I've like, definitely people have a ton of opinions on this. Um, I'm really settled in on wanting a Corsair keyboard, but the problem is and it just must be tech in general. Like I was figuring like, okay, I'm going to go get a gaming keyboard. I could just run down to Best Buy or whatever and pick one up. Like webcams, um, just different like computer stuff is pretty well sold out. I think it's a combination of it selling more as well as shipping and supplies just kind of running low. So I haven't been able to find um, even on Amazon, really the Corsair that I want with the key, the... Um, the key switches that I want, um, specifically. So hopefully eventually I'll get, um, a new keyboard. Um, so I've been looking for that as well. Um, and then the one thing that absolutely blew my mind was somebody showed me the show that talked about, um, basically what companies are allowed to print on labels and basically kind of the, unique way that they describe what's in your food and so like i don't generally eat a lot of processed food it's like very rare in fact um like almost never but um one thing that i did find shocking that i have never heard for before and obviously i'm going to do some more research just to you know before i take this as complete gospel or whatnot but um like you know when you go and you buy like whatever ground chicken turkey beef or whatever like that it lists the percentage of fat like right on the like the front label part you know what i'm talking about so you know mm-hmm. yep so it'll be like whatever 85 15 80 20 90 10 yada 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 well that uh how am i gonna screw it up that is the weight it's some kind of weight averaging that they do some basically shenanigans um that doesn't actually tell you what the right uh, fat is in there. And, uh, so what, what they said to do, and, um, if anyone has any, (laughs) any tips or tricks or nutritionalists out there that want to give me, uh, more feedback, they said the actual way to calculate that, because there's the rules for what companies are allowed to put on the label are really funky because of lobbyists, yada, 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 America's great. Democracy is great. Whatever, you know, the system is working how capitalist system works. So they are allowed to put that on there, but in actuality to calculate out what the percentage is, you take how many grams, of, like go to the back instead of the front that tells you that it's like 90, 10, you go to the back and you take the grams of fat, you times it by nine and you divide by the calories. And that gives you the actual fat percentage. So like today at the store, I went and I just took normal pound, no, no normal package of like 90, 10 ground beef and did the calculation and it's supposed to be quote unquote 10%, right? Well, if you use the calculation that the show said, it was 45% fat, not 
10% fat. So that like literally blew my mind. And so I got to do some more research because that was, uh, I never had heard that before. So call me naive or whatnot, but. I'd never heard that either. And so you mean to tell me you have to do your own math to figure out the fat content and fat when it should be pre-printed on a label on the packaging? Yes, apparently that's that's what it is, is that they, they there's no, how I understood it was there's not firm, like objective guidelines for how they have to print that and the way that they do that um Yes, I agree. 45% is very drastic, which is like funny. (laughs) Yeah, which is funny because they were like talking about like some of these like high fat steaks that taste like absolutely gorgeous. They're like, hey, you're eating some ground beef, but that has the same fat percentage as that's like super well marbled, you know, pick whatever your favorite steak is um, that tastes like fucking fabulous because of the fat and all the other stuff with it. Um, So that... I'm going to do some more research. I'm not going to take everything at face value, but uh, that was surprising to me that uh, they're allowed. I mean, I, I know that that's that not everything like the labeling and stuff like that can be a little funny, but that was show, so shocking to me that I was like, oh, my God, what's happening? Yeah. And I mean, who wants to buy a, a purposely fatty steak? You know, generally you don't you want more meat. And mm-hmm. I think that's probably why they're doing that is that, you know, People are more health conscious, more ingredient conscious these days. They actually read the labels and in an effort for, you know, people to buy their products, they kind of have to lie a little bit. <laughs> oh, in chat, uh, someone's asking about why their burgers shrink so much on the, or is that why the burgers shrink so, so much on the grill? <laughs> and somebody says just make them bigger than the bread and someone just said add more bread that's full circle touche my friend (laughs) (laughs) when in doubt add more bread Mm -hmm. anyway so obviously i've been looking at a lot more nutrition uh, related stuff for my uh my journey to get to my like uh fitness goals this year so that was and i and i eat so much red meat like it's scary how much red meat i eat and in fact um I live by myself. It's just me. And I buy a half a cow every year. And I literally just have like half a cow in my freezer I pull out over the year. So like steaks, roasts, ground beef, etc. Um, just because it's like, like I know where the beef came from. I know how it was fed. Um, like I just know everything about the butcher and like how it was raised and stuff like that. And you just kind of always have meat um, on hand, which I think is, is great. Um, so... Uh, I I guess I got to think about that a little bit, but I'm definitely not going to, I'm definitely not going to stop eating beef. I just might be a little bit more conscious of, uh, eating a little bit less or spacing it out because, uh, I do eat a ton of red meat. Yeah. It's got, uh, it's got loads of protein in it and, um, you're working out so that that's right up your alley. You know, you need that protein builder, Mm -hmm. uh, to help you with your workouts. And, uh, speaking of workouts and, and, to go along with the theme that you were talking about in trying to get a keyboard and everybody being out, um, not too long ago, I was looking for um, a kettlebell. Uh, are you familiar with what a kettlebell is? You said kettlebell? Yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And I was looking all over the place. I, I mean, granted, I wanted like a 50-pound kettlebell. Mm-hmm. And I could not find one 
anywhere on any sites that I went to. Amazon, no one. Um, everybody was even advertising like uh, we're in the process of getting more. Um, please check back. Please check the site, you know, in a month or two. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, how do kettlebells become so popular? But it's it's to your point. It's just people are home. You know, they're they're working out and they're just they're they're buying things up faster mm-hmm. than, you know, we can produce them. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and just the weights that are still out there, have you seen how expensive they are? It's like, oh, my God. Yeah, yeah, they, they've gone up. It used to be, uh, years ago, it used to be a penny a pound. Um, so you, you could buy 100 pounds for, you know, pretty relatively cheap. I'm sorry, excuse me, a dollar a pound, yeah, no. uh, not a penny a pound. That would be insane. Um and, you know, so you could buy 100, or 100 pounds of weight for $100, and, and that seemed fair to me at the time. And mm-hmm. now, in looking at it, it's probably like 2 or $3 a pound, and it gets pretty costly. Yeah, and uh, I mean, I guess it's just supply and demand. Um, and maybe once the gyms, because like, I think almost everywhere things are opening up now, um, that... Uh, the supply will start coming back and then people will start using the weights at the gym. So maybe I'll get back to get back to normal and everyone can finish that awesome home gym that they started. You know what I mean? Yeah. And kettlebells will be available again. My, a 50 pound kettlebell. That's, that's quite a bit. So, you know, my God, what are you doing with that thing? Don't tell me <laughs> you're doing swings with 50 pounds. <laughs> well, I'm not doing anything anymore because of the surgery, but, um, I was, uh, like I just use like, use them for chin raises and I have a 35 pounder and it was just, it, you know, when, when you work out, it just gets to be too light. So mm-hmm. I wanted to go up and, um, I just, I could not find it. I was even asking for, you know, holidays, presents or whatever. I was kind of trying to incorporate my family and friends to like try and find them for, for me and they couldn't find them either. So it was, oh, wow. I just, I found it peculiar. I'm like a kettlebell. Like most people don't even know what that is. Yeah. That uh, and I feel like I think it's called the kettlebell swings, right? Where it literally looks like you're just like fl- you're like kind of do a like a mini squat and kind of fling it up. You know what I mean? That thing. Yep. I feel yep. like I feel like kettlebells have become way more popular because of all the YouTube videos that come out where kettlebell swings in like every single one. So everyone's like, I gotta get a kettlebell and I gotta do these swings. Which like Top Gear top tip. Like, if you really haven't done them before and you're like, oh, this looks easy, this looks fun, I'll just do it. Like, your first day, you totally would be like, oh, this is easy. Well, just wait for that morning after your first time trying them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and you can use them for, you know, triceps. Um, some use them for bicep curls. Um, they're very versatile. Mm, yeah, I agree. I have some amount of kettlebells but obviously like you're saying they've been hard to find these days well like i was looking for some other dumbbells that go in between uh the weights that i have and they were so expensive i just said fuck it i'm not doing it like it was just like insane like it was like like you're saying a hundred dollars for a set of two and i'm like weren't these like you know 30 bucks just a year ago like oh my goodness yeah i i lucked out and years ago i was buying piece by piece and i was able to get a weight rack and dumbbells you know both pairs um 
50 pounds down to 10 pounds in five pound increments. So my whole rack is full. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, it's it's great. It's it's an eye catcher when anybody comes over. They're like, oh, my God, you have all these weights. And it's like, I just, like I said, I lucked out, went to a surplus store years and years ago and was able to get these Olympic um, dumbbells for relatively cheap. Well, sweet. Um, so that's what uh, you're, do, you're doing. You have like a lot of physical therapy stuff you're still doing after your surgery then? or Yeah, I, I haven't made it to that point yet. I haven't gotten past the... Um, this still hurts like a bitch phase. Um, <laughs> so I'm, uh, I think my next visit would is to discuss, um, physical therapy options at that point. But I, I feel like, you know, when, when you can move your arm again, it just kind of does it automatically. So I feel like I'm getting physical therapy regardless of actually going to physical therapy because I, I use my arm, mm-hmm. but yeah. it's a slow process very slow it's a lot longer than i thought it would be and that's another reason for the e4 shout out because he's been he's been there the whole way kind of steering me on and telling me everything's okay because i'm i'm in chat going when the fuck is this gonna end (laughs) he's like calm down it's okay (laughs) like i'm tired of being in pain and i've been out of pain meds for like two months what's going on (laughs) so um yeah he's been kind of the rock and you know explaining to me what it could be and what's going on. And, uh, it's, it's greatly appreciated. It's, it's funny. You, you meet people in all walks of life in your clan and he just happens mm-hmm. to be, um, a physician's assistant. So, oh, wow. um, kudos to him for not only choosing that career, but being in our clan and being able to give me free medical advice. Boom. Uh, okay. So we, should we do our, uh, our top three hangover remedies? Yes. Let's, <laughs> let's go for it. So let's do, let's start from three to three to one. And I have an honorable mention, which basically just means four to one, but we'll do, uh, I got (laughs) one honorable mention. Let's, let's start with that. Then we'll go three, two, one, and we'll alternate like three, three, two, two, one, one. Do you, uh, which, which way you want to go first? You want me to go first or you go first? Go ahead. Okay. So my honorable mention is and this is this is knob which by the way he's our probably our our resident expert on hangover remedies i must say like i mean that guy really uh lays it on all the time so he he would know better than i but uh his his one of his top tips is to, to keep drinking that's my honorable mention it's been very rare that i've done that but it does work but it just makes it worse down the line at least for me um, oh goodness! Yeah, <laughs> novice the clan drunk. Oh well. <laughs> um, all right, so that's my honorable mention. But I'll say number three for me is uh, is uh, is food. It goes definitely along the lines of uh, just like literally whatever. But yes, greasy food obviously is the best. But. Uh, getting some to eat it doesn't even have to be breakfast food like if you're just hung over in the morning it could be anything uh but uh yeah greasy food preferred just i mean you already got that tank you might as well just throw your diet to the wind and get over the hangover you know right um i'll i'll agree with your honorable mention and actually steal that from uh, as well like i've done that a few times in my life and 
Boy, it's it's the hair of the dog is rough, but um, <laughs> it, it does get you by, and um, it, you know, unfortunately, it kind of adds time to your um, your hangover later. But uh, yeah, um, my my number three, um, I got to go with conventional and say aspirin. Um, just get up and and take water and aspirin. All right, yeah, that definitely that definitely would help. Um, oh yeah, the water thing. Well, the the water is probably actually the best one out of all these, but that's the least fun to say. So I'm going to make that not go on my list. Um, <laughs> and then, uh, so number two for me, and this is why it has to be in the after dark section, is it has to be morning sex. Like that clearly works out like every time you instantly feel like all the endorphins get going plus just you know it's sex but anyways morning sex is definitely um one of the best hangover remedies still will stand up that's my number two uh my number two is actually your number three i'm gonna go with uh greasy food uh if if i can get my ass out of bed uh which takes a lot uh if i can get like you know, bacon, eggs, toast, you know, all that stuff in me and obviously water mm-hmm. <laughs> and whatever other liquids. I'm um, I'm usually pretty good within a couple hours after that. And uh, followed by, you know, the the this is going to be graphic, but followed by taking that morning shit. And <laughs> oh, <no>. <laughs> <laughs> oh, green air on the chat saying I'm too old to get a heart in the morning. Well, I mean, I. <laughs> I sure hope not, Green Arrow. Um, yeah, and I, I will say, though, that uh, one of the local radio stations here, their afternoon show, is, like, literally the most degenerate drunks ever. And uh, they talk about... They've, they've had diff- a lot of different segments about drinking, and they are, like, drunk, hungover all the time. Like, one of the guys, like... And I know that probably a couple of them play it up, but one of the guys, like, oh, my God, like... Like, just seeing him at different events or whatever else is, like, does drink that much. Um, and he he's a huge proponent of the some of these things that I'm saying. He's he, basically, I'm kind of stealing his list as he has such good ideas. So some of these, I'll have to give a shout out to the, the local KISW because uh, I know that they talked about it a lot. So I, I'm ripping them off a little bit. Um, don't even drink. um okay so my number one is caffeine and i don't think i've told the story before but i have a so i never drank energy drinks my entire life until about five years ago i still remember when all those energy drinks came in i thought they were gross yada 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 like all that other stuff now i'm like i'm like a like i don't know i just have a problem with them like i honestly drink too many of them but uh I remember when one of my favorite things, I'm pretty sure I haven't told the story before. One of my favorite things to do um, in the summer was to go, uh, like, wake up early, go for a drive, like, stop off at the gas station, like, hang out for a couple minutes, talk to people there, and then, like, drive home. So I'll, like, go grab the vet, like, drive it, like, into town, stop at the gas station, grab something to drink, talk to whoever's, like, hanging out outside, like, on a Saturday morning, and then, like, drive home. That was, like, one of my favorite things to do. Um, and one of my favorite drinks was the, uh, at the time was called, uh, monster rehabs. And why I liked them was that they were kind of like, um, 
They're kind of like teas, kind of, where they are like non-carbonated. They still had caffeine and they had some like cool flavors and whatnot, but they were called Monster Rehabs. And so I would like, you know, like every Saturday um, or Sunday, I can't remember which day, that was like kind of my like routine was like wake up in the morning, take the car out, like hang out, like talk to people and then like drive home. Well, one of these days, um, uh, the girl working at the gas station was like, She's like, you must party a lot, don't you? And I'm like, um, I don't think so. She's like, because like every Saturday or every Sunday, I can't remember which one, you like come in and buy these like hangover drinks. And I'm like, what are you talking about? It's like, oh, yeah, don't you? That's why they call them monster rehabs is because they're supposed to help you get over your hangovers. <laughs> she's like, she's like, you get drunk a lot. And I'm just like, motherfucker. I didn't even say anything. <laughs> I just walked out. Oh. So you, you gave her the, the proverbial shut your mouth and turned around and walked away. I mean, like, in retrospect, I guess I don't blame her for thinking that. But at the same time, like, how dare you just, like, accuse me? I mean, I guess it's not, like, a bad thing. Like, you do you. You live your life, whatnot. But she definitely um, has some strong opinions of my lifestyle. So, And, and you don't even know her. So she kind of just no. came out with, hi, my name is so-and-so. You have a drinking problem. Yes. <laughs> exactly. So that's my um, number one. Well. Caffeine. My number one is your number two, which I'm going to say sex um, only because it just it kind of takes your mind off of things. And then when you're done, it's I I don't know, it's just kind of a a hangover remedy for me. But um, getting to another question that this stems from, have you ever drank yourself sober? No, I've never done that yet. I um, I have done that once and and I didn't even think it was possible. I'm um, I'm originally from New Hampshire, and I took a trip back one time to to go to a friend's wedding, and it was an open bar, and I was a heavy drinker back then. So, um, I spent I mean we were doing just shot after shot after shot, and it felt like I, I was drinking enough to be legally dead. And <laughs> oh, then no. I met an old girlfriend after the reception. Mm-hmm. Even know how I made it to her house. She wanted to go out for more drinks. I was too cowardly to say I'm already drunk. Mm-hmm. So I went out and started drinking more. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm the type that gets hangovers like after three or four beers. So I'm thinking, oh goodness, I'm 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 gonna be just two sheets to the wind tomorrow, hungover, not even get out of bed. Mm-hmm. I woke up the next morning and I was perfectly fine. Like I literally was like nothing ever happened. And I remember going to bed thinking, I don't feel as usual as, as I usually do, you know, like bed spins and stuff like that. I felt fine. So it literally was like, I don't know if it was the time between the drinks or, um, you know, the meals or whatever that did it. Mm -hmm. And I've never been able to duplicate that, but I literally drank myself sober. I've never even heard of that (laughs) before. And, and cue the cheesy, um, porn 80s porn music knob <laughs> to answer your question oh i uh yeah i definitely remember when i started getting two-day hangovers and that's when i actually no kidding felt old it was i think probably like 34 35 was the first time i had the two-day hangover where the hangover was like literally like 36 hours 
maybe like 36 to 48. I'm just like, this, this, this punishment really makes me start to actually question what, whether or not my decisions are good before when it was like, you just got hungover and then you're good by lunch, like whatever, right? Like you can, you can muscle that one out. But, uh, 48 hours is a long time to be hungover and feel like shit. Oh goodness. Yes. And it just gets worse and worse the older you get. And I remember I used to be able to drink all night and go into work the next morning hungover. And by the time I'm out of work, I was fine, ready to go again. I don't think I could. I If I tried to do that now, I'd need, I'd need the next two days off from work. I, I couldn't do it. Yeah, it's uh, definitely the semi-functioning uh, alcoholic hangover at work is uh, long gone for me. I actually... <laughs> I, I don't think I could do it anymore. Like, and, uh, and it's like one of those things too, that, um, the, the thing that bugs me or that gets me, I shouldn't say bug gets me is the, it's like really funny how there's like the people that will be like, Hey, you know, I was totally fine until like that last shot of tequila, like the, like the five beers and the 10 shots before that wasn't actually what did it. It was definitely the one shot that tipped you over. You know what I mean? Like they always, they always say it's like that one thing. (laughs) No, dude, it was the other 15 fucking drinks you had. And then, uh, (laughs) the one thing I will say though, is like, sometimes, you know, there's that, like that thing that will get you. And for me, it's like sulfides and wine. Like if I have wine and they're sulfide, like even if I have half a uh, glass of wine, like I'm going to have a headache no matter what. Cause that, like that part I can get, but not the ones that were like, Oh, that one tipped me over. I was like, whatever, dude. I, I actually had a, a friend one time and she's probably about six years, six, seven years younger than me. And, uh, we had a group of friends we'd go out with and she was constantly like provoking me drink, 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 drink. And I'm like, I don't want to go through these hangovers anymore. You don't understand. And she was in her early thirties and I was, I think, uh, approaching 40. And I said that, you know, I don't like the 48 to 72 hour hangovers that I get now. Yeah. Uh, I can't do it anymore. And she used to call me every name in the book, old man, can't hang <laughs> all this stuff. And, funny story she actually looked me up we had kind of lost touch and Mm -hmm. um she looked me up and said now that i'm 40 i totally know what you mean and i feel and apologized to me for all the ridiculing i got you know years ago she was trying to get me to drink she said i i can't take the hangovers anymore either i don't i don't drink anymore and i'm like thank you thank you very much well we might i might have to tag this episode the the extra after dark for people so we'll have to see how that goes. <laughs> Over under me getting three messages complaining about the after dark. Or what's let's go with this. Over over or which one I gonna get more? More compliments of this after dark or more complaints about this after dark? Knowing the people that we have in our clan, I think you'll get more compliments. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's it's we just discussed something that pretty much all of them can relate to. <laughs> uh, this is just our normal chat. We just recorded this. <laughs> oh god. Okay, well, uh thanks for this one C note. I will uh get to editing and throw this episode up. So, thanks for listening everyone. Thank you. <laughs>